Hello and welcome to Switch It. It's been a few weeks since we were last in the studio. It feels like something might have changed. I'm not talking about Mark Butcher becoming the new Bob Dylan or Andrew Miller reconfirming his reputation as a cricket geek. <laughs> yes, uh, after years of begging and pleading, cricket has finally dropped the resistance and agreed to move back in. No more years of hurt, no more need for dreaming. Frankly, it's all quite a lot to process. And that's just the top line from Sunday's emotional rollercoaster as England emerged victorious after one of the most extraordinary, most exhilarating, most stark-raving bonkers finals in the history of sport full stop. <laughs> Cricket didn't just come home, it roared in through the front door, kissed your husband, ransacked the drinks cabinet, turned over all the furniture and was found sleeping in the games room with a giddy grin on its face. <laughs> in short, we've got quite a bit to discuss. I'll start with this. England's men are 50 over world champions at last. How does that sound, Butch? Well, it was entirely predictable. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It all went to plan. It it all went to plan, yeah. Four years ago, they decided that we were going to win the World Cup at Lords (laughs) um, on a giddy afternoon in uh, July, and and so it came to pass. Um, Just staggering. (laughs) Utterly staggering. Um, the, The whole thing. Uh, the f- the first thing and the, and the, w- the one thing that I kind of want to want to make sure that I get right before we get into all the rest of it was that England's run chase right was one of the greatest run chases I've ever seen and they and they didn't win <laughs> okay <laughs> no no we should be clear of that from the we, start and they, they did not they win. Didn't win and they didn't the, win the bit after either and they but, didn't win the bit but after they did win either. the World Cup the, 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 on the on the metric that, that is involved obviously we, we don't no longer go back to, to wickets uh, wickets lost um, are in, the, in the event of a tie there is a super over all that, all that stuff is known um, but for, I reckon from probably about 15 to 20 overs of our of our run chase Having having called that 240 was going to be a really good score mm-hmm. with about 20 overs of New Zealand's innings to go because the pitch just looked awful. Um, and, and we'll get into and that. We'll get into that. <laughs> um, with yeah, f- between 15 and 20 overs of England's run chase, I could not see how we were going to get there. Honestly, New Zealand fabulous bowling attack. Colin de Gronholm is unplayable. <laughs> um, you know, Trent Bolt could have taken six wickets in his first 12 balls. Um, and, you know, obviously the pressure of the chase, the pressure of the World Cup, all of these types of things. I just couldn't see how we were going to get there. So the two innings that the boys played, Joss and, and Ben, were as good as, as anything that you've ever seen. Because the easiest thing in the world to have done was to have kind of, to have got knocked over. We could have got knocked over for 180, lost by 60 runs in the attempt at trying to sort of blast our way to the total, get there somehow, and you know, sort of death or glory type thing. And and nobody really would have blamed him for it, or at least I wouldn't have done, not not having seen what I'd seen from the from the surface and, and everything else. So those two innings, the, the, the tenacity, the skill um, involved in getting us to a point where the whole rest of the nuttiness could, could, uh, <laughs> could unfold was just something that I want to pay um, huge tribute to. Uh, they they certainly um, well Stokes was man of the match and, and Butler maybe uh, got a bit lost in what happened uh, thereafter but a phenomenal innings I think the only batsman to score freely or at least for a significant period score at a runner ball um, Miller uh, you were there trying to, to function <laughs> um, in the carnage um, where does that where does that rank just to, to, to do your top your uh, top line on all that the overall experience um, where does that rank for you. It was the most scenic scene that I've ever seen. <laughs> Those were, you know, we talk about scenes, amazing scenes. Those were 
just amazing scenes. I, I, I was very privileged to witness uh, a lot of the 2005 Ashes. Um, I was there at the Oval when England won the Ashes. Unfortunately, I was also um, crammed into the Stevie Wonder press box where the, where the view is about as terrible as it gets. So kind of lost a little bit. Slightly different up in the media bubble at, at, at Lord. You, you get a proper overview of everything kicking off. And I'll tell you one thing. Being, being up in that press box was you just looked across... Uh, there was a moment, obviously a long moment, when it went to the Super Over. So, you know, there's that moment of, my God, it's not over. And then everyone dashing off to the loo. The entire press box emptied out. Like there's there's a 50-minute gap, essentially, to, <laughs> to just gather your thoughts. And people just looking at each other, just going, bah! <laughs> just walking, bumping into each other. How are you? You all right? You all right? How, how are we doing? Are we, are we still functioning? Absolutely not a word being written. And um, Jonathan Liu, uh, the independent, he stuck up his entire intro that he'd, that he'd written. He stuck it up on Twitter saying, this is in the bin. Sorry, chaps. Gone. It was some very nice, very nice words, but uh, none of them were salvageable. Absolute functional meltdown. Um, incredible. And, and yes, to go back to your original point, there's, there's nothing... Nothing tops that. That was the most incredible thing I've ever witnessed in my life. Uh, I think I deleted a few intros myself as well. Um, and move over Joffre Archer, because you predicted this uh, seven weeks ago pretty bullishly, Miller. I did. Uh, I, 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 stuck not, by it all along. Well, uh, you know, I'm, 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 <laughs> did, wait, I'm waiting. Did you waver? No, not remotely. <laughs> check, my, check my Twitter timeline. I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely, absolutely... There's a lot of that going on at the moment, by yeah. the way. <laughs> no, I, I said it. I, in fact, I'm going I'm to get um, Srinath in, in your office too. I'm going to get him to, to put the entire segment back up on Twitter because I didn't just predict it. I predicted that England would not lose four games in the group stage. Therefore, they could not possibly fail to get to the semi-finals. They lost three games in the group stage and did not fail to get to the semi-finals. So, I didn't just nail it. I nailed the reason why I, da- why I nailed it. So, <laughs> and thereafter, you know, knock out the Aussies. Easy. Easy peasy. See off New Zealand. Easy. World champions. Never in doubt. <laughs> I, I, you know, I played a blinder. on. Uh, I got a phone call from um, from friends at, uh, at, at TalkSport radio station, right? Asking, asking about um, you know the the likelihood who was, who were England going to play in the in the semi final, right? And they they called me about an hour hour and fifteen minutes earlier than I was expecting them to, so I was kind of asleep. Really. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so the, the, the conversation got. I think Ian Holloway might have been on with um, uh, with with Laura Woods, I think, in place of, of Alan Brazil, right? And they're talking about you know the likelihood of where England are going to be in the in the semi final, who they who they're going to play. We knew where they were going to be, but we didn't know who they were going to play. And I've just gone, oh, well, of course. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what you lot are on, but England are, are definitely going to be playing Australia in the, in the semi-final. Um, and, and India will play New Zealand. And, you know, I'd, we'd much rather play, we'd much rather play, who was it? We'd much rather play, you know, either India or New Zealand in the final at Lords and play Australia. Our record against Australia is awful. So, so that, this is what's going to happen. Cue absolute pelters from everybody online, all this kind of stuff, <laughs> because I'd basically stuffed up, hadn't I? Because there's no way that that should have been the, that, that should have been the two semi-finals. Anyway, lo and behold, um, you, you hadn't low, foreseen. So no, I hadn't, I hadn't foreseen. But lo and behold, South Africa beats it, and we and, and indeed we do play Australia in the semi-final, who we batter at Edgbaston, yeah. which is a, you know another reason why I said we'd much prefer to play Australia Edgbaston because we always batter them there. <laughs> um, and and there we go, it all happened. That's that's even before we get to what I called in the final and all the rest of it. But <laughs> I mean, listen, forget forget all that. But the, the 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 idea, the very idea from um, Adelaide in 2015 that England would would be 50 over world champions is just utterly laughable, utterly utterly laughable. Until you know, obviously 
Andrew Strauss, all the stuff that he's gone through in his personal life, God, God rest Ruth and God rest her soul and all that kind of stuff. Strauss comes along, decides that something needs, something unbelievably drastic needs to be done. Um, you know, England become this sort of fearless, they, they pick fearless players, they back fearless players, they back them playing in a, in a way that, um, that, that sort of looks at, looks at failure in the face, pokes it in the eye and, uh, and, and chucks it in the dustbin. It's just, uh, you know, and, and all the way through that, <clears throat> the doubt has been has always perhaps been more with us, um, with with the fans, with people who've watched English cricket for for as, as long as we have, and, and people who've watched it for longer. Um, that of course it's all very well being number one side in the world. It's all very well this. It's all very well that. Can they do? Can they do it on a wet week? You know, Wednesday in <laughs> Stoke or whatever. You know, all that kind of nonsense. Um, and thank goodness, I don't think I've ever wanted a group of individuals, a group of players. Um, to win a game of cricket more than I wanted England to win that World Cup. And that even includes teams that I played in. I was so, so desperate for those guys to prove to everybody that it, that it hasn't been a fluke and that there is a way of playing the game, if you're English, that should that is fun and is daring and is great to watch and all of those types of things. And it was so important that that team did what they did because now we can we can give everybody a break and we can say it's all right to go out. it's all right to enjoy the game of cricket you know it's not it's not you know, it doesn't have to be purgatory you know don't get upset if very funny don't idea get upset if somebody <laughs> scores 3 out 360 or, or Josh Butler makes a double hundred it might be fun you never know <laughs> So um, you know, it was it's important on so many levels. I mean, they do look like they're enjoying themselves. That mm. that sort of swagger through that semi-final mm. um, at Edgbaston Miller. Uh, maybe the last sort of couple of overs of the chase in the Super Rovers, that might have been a bit more fraught. It might have been, but it would have been a hell of a lot more fraught if they hadn't learnt their lessons earlier in the tournament. I mean, that that defeat against Sri Lanka, um, the manner in which they still carried on trying to go hell for leather in what were tough conditions mm-hmm. and kind of fell in a heap. I think they, you know, it's hard to quite read what happened there, but it did look as as though at one stage they tried to they tried to swagger it through. Didn't well, they? They, they, I mean, if it hadn't been for that. Obviously, the table would have looked completely different. Uh, you know, they've ended up in first or second instead of third or fourth. But they also wouldn't have learned a lesson of how to stay in the game when chasing a low total. Precisely. I mean, Ben Stokes said it himself in, in his in his interview. He said, "Look, it was it was unbelievably hard. I couldn't score, but I just had. I thought if I'm still there at the end, we, we'll have a we'll have half a sniff. Um, and that's something we're criticising them for not doing in the past. You know, Scotland are still the best team in the world, aren't they? And they didn't manage to get get over the line against it's them. Sixty six all over again. Isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Well, Sixty seven. They like. didn't manage to get get over the line in that chase. They didn't manage to get over the line against Sri Lanka. There have been other occasions where, having got the run rate under control in a chase, they've decided to try and win it with seven overs to go and have lost. Yep. You know. And eventually that, that, that penny dropped and it happened to drop in the most, uh, the, the most important game of all. Take it to the last ball. Um, Miller, you mentioned 66 there. Perhaps we should just deal with what we might call, um, this finals Russian linesman moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, the bank error that went in England's favour, uh, this deflection off Ben Stokes' bat that went for four, meaning the ball cost six, uh, when it should probably have only been five. Um, and as the man responsible for this internet conspiracy theory, can you please explain? Well, yes, it, it was actually it was actually um, thanks very much to our, our in in play highlights on on ESPN Crick Info <laughs> that I was able to able plug, to solve this plug. mystery. <laughs> plug can possibly be uh, because obviously um, there I was hacking away in the press box at something approaching midnight, and um, suddenly the penny dropped that uh, there was the rule rule nineteen point eight, I believe, that pertains to accidental overthrows and it's very clear within the final clause of that rule that if the batsmen have not crossed midway through the pitch 
on at the moment the ball is released by Martin Guptill at deep mid-wicket in this case, that run should not count in the event the ball then disappears to the boundary. And by looking at the looking at a slow slow mo replay of that of that clip on 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 our highlights, it's absolutely plain plain as day that that, that Rashid only just touched his bat down, and there was no way that they were going to cross. And so it was like, there's something not quite right here. So I bashed it out, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, ended end up end, obviously New Zealand were just waking up to misery, and this uh, <laughs> threw salt in the wounds. So I, I, I was. I was bombarded by Kiwis all night. Ended up on Radio New Zealand about half past three in the morning, um, being <laughs> telling them that telling it's, them that, it's all all right. You really it's all, all right. right. Morally, morally, oh, you've got no. you're, you're still you're still in there. But um, let's face it, it's it's it, it's it's all over. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a funny old funny old uh, business. And then imagine another, being another the man layer responsible the, for finding that out, <laughs> sticking yet another knife in the Kane Williamson and the boys. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a bizarre rule, isn't it? When you think when you think about it, I mean, I, obviously, I didn't I didn't know. I had no idea that that was the case. Um, and rules is rules, so they've made a mistake. Um, but the bizarre thing about that is that you know the ball had an enormous distance to travel from the time that it came out of Martin Guptill's hand. And then when it struck the bat of Ben Stokes, Ben Stokes was probably in. Mm. He was certainly dying or, for the or, line. Or, at least, so, or yeah. at least by the time the ball had reached the, uh, you know, the, the bowler, um, it was Trent, it must have been Trent Bolt, was it? Who was it? Uh, it was Keepers no, End, wasn't it? Latham was, in, was Latham. poised, but yeah. Um, he would have, he would have been in. in. So, I, I don't understand the significance of when it leaves the fielder's hand. The yeah, exactly, or off, precisely. Or through you don't you don't lose the sort of like the the half of the the half of the run that you hadn't completed when the ball came out of the fielder's yeah. hand if it bounces off the. Stump. No, it's a nonsense it's a, as well. It's, it's a ridiculous. And the other rule. the other nonsense is of course that, that Stokes immediately puts his hands up, doesn't run anymore. But England have had time to run three extra mm. runs because of the direction the speed the ball was travelling which they would have legitimately they, they, been able to they do could have, they could have yep. run three in that time and then yep. the, ball, the ball would have crossed and they'd have got four do you then discount <laughs> all those three yes you do according to the rules which I can kind of understand in that in that strange scenario but yeah. it, it's all it's a, it's a strange marriage of, of of etiquette on the one hand and, and rules is rules on the other yeah, and, uh, it's a bad law isn't it I yeah. mean, basically it's a bad law but um, the, the other the other thing I suppose is is you know that some people sort of took it literally that that the ball bouncing off the bat shouldn't be awarded as runs anyway, notwithstanding the uh, the discovery, um, the Miller the Miller law as it should now be forever known. Um, when of course that's nonsense because as you as you rightly say, if the ball ricochets off a ricochets off a stump for overthrows, the ball mm. is still live. The, the the runs stand, which is I mean it's precisely why I mean I can, I'm trying to think back to, to periods or times in my career when. When I when I actually when I did run when the ball bounced off me or a part of my body you know in a in in, in not necessarily in a run chase but in a game because my reasoning always was that if the ball had ricocheted off me and gone for four I would have got the four runs regardless so why mm. you know what's this nonsense about not running the odd one or two I mean you know there were t- there were times I mean, when the game there was nothing happening in the game um, you didn't want to upset. Devin Malcolm or somebody. So he just thought, well, you know, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just. The stay other, where I am. the other oddity of that law, of course, and the, the, again, why actually I think you're right that it's fundamentally it's a bad law because the the other oddity is, but if it had only been five runs, Rashid would have had to go back on strike, not Stokes, and the England again had very clearly not run any more, not only because they didn't they didn't want to in the circumstances, but they didn't want to get Stokes off strike. Mm. So if England had ended up getting five runs but Rashid on strike. 
would they have preferred to <laughs> not have those extra four runs and keep Stokes on strike? <laughs> Or have the extra four runs and have Rashid on strike. I think England would actually probably think, on balance, I'd rather have Stokes on strike for... Keep your four. Four to win off two and Rashid's on on strike and presumably whatever, you know, comes... What what the hell were you doing? Stay away from the... Stay away from the (laughs) Thorpe. The first time I heard of it was um, uh, that Simon Torfall. Was, uh, he was, was way interviewed. off the pace. He was, yeah, it was a long time after. It would have been about reacting. It would have been about reacting to me. Half, half past I was, two. I was, I was being quoted on every Antipodean <laughs> website. Cricket geek Andrew Miller has said this. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my first feeling was, geez, Australia, you know, let it go, <laughs> let it go. How many more do you want to win? Um, in in the final analysis, I mean, that that all added to the thrill of the chase. Really, a, a chase which, as Butch has touched upon. Um, seemed to be well, while Stokes and Butler were there seemed to be going England's way and then a brilliant bit of fielding from a subfielder Tim Southey sort of symbolic of that New Zealand collective I think he only played one game in the tournament but he comes off and takes a pressure catch like that um, and then it lurches back towards New Zealand tight overs uh, Ferguson uh, Jimmy Neesham um, until another extraordinary kind of where were you moment when uh, well Trent Bolt's rope dope. That's incredible, um, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, just to think that think that that, that catch at Old Trafford, the, the, the Carlos Brathwaite catch, exact same scenario. This catch is going to win the match that that seals the moment. And he took that one. We well, took both of them perfectly, but he somehow just lost his lost his marbles. How, how do you not think with Guptill as far away from me as you are, well, not just get it in the air straight away? Was, I mean, he he literally and, he literally must have calculated that he had another meter behind yeah. him. It just, you know, and it, it kind of, this is one of the tricks of Lords, right? Lords does this to you in, in, in all sorts of different ways. There's all sorts of talk about the Lords slope and what it does to the ball and all that kind of stuff. Nonsense. For me, nonsense. For the, for the main reason that if you, if you angle a piece of board or something and you throw, throw a tennis ball or a ball at it, it only ever goes one way off a piece of board. But on the pitch at Lords, the ball is perfectly capable capable of going both ways it go up the hill down the hill so forget what it does for the bowlers think about what it does to you think about what it does to your balance what it does to your feet what it does to to where you where you feel that you are on the ground now as a batsman depending on which end you're at you, you know you had to really concentrate on keeping your weight through your heels or, or not allowing your weight to get onto your toes all those types of things as a slip fielder how many catches do you see regulation catches you see go down at lords as opposed to other places where a, uh, a slip fielder will move either up or down the hill, and because he's watching the ball intently, the kind of he's expecting his foot to land so, and it lands a fraction of a second later than he thinks it's going to land. His balance is gone, and suddenly the ball the ball pops out. This, this happens all the time. So what I'm thinking is that Trent Bolt, who is normally um, absolutely amazing, absolutely unimpeachable on the boundary, is kind of like he's backing in to to a downhill position, isn't he down there? Yeah. And he's backing into it, and he thinks. Because the way he took it was so calm, he must have thought he had two metres behind him. But he's going, he's backpedalling downhill. He's gone further than he thinks he's gone, ends up stepping on the boundary before he's released. Because he didn't, it wasn't like he caught it and went to throw it straight away, thinking I'm close. He thought, I've got plenty of, plenty of time and plenty of mm. room here. I can take a step, make sure, and then get rid of it. And that, that back foot hit the There you go. The, and he didn't the, just touch it, he nailed it. And, it, and he immediately <laughs> shot up. Yeah, kind of he nailed it like he thought, like he was expecting his foot to land on on ground, and it didn't. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, here, there's a little lesson for everybody about the Lord Slope. It messes with your feet. It messes with your balance. It messes with where you think you are on mm-hmm. the field. 
There you go. There's there's one you're not going to hear everywhere. <laughs> that is fascinating. I, I I I actually made I made a point of, of of taking a detour I wasn't allowed to take on on the way back from the press conferences and walking across the middle just to just to savor the moment. And uh, mm. I, next time I get the opportunity to walk on the middle of the Lords, I'm going to savor the slope in a way that <laughs> I've never savoured. ever savored it before. Yeah. It's it's an extraordinary thing. Yeah, it's a, it, well, you know, there's a Lord slope. What won it? Uh, in, in a sense. <laughs> um, and, uh, well, obviously, then then you had the last over of madness, um, the tie, England bowled out, uh, no no um, wickets count back though. So first time that a super over has been used in a in a World Cup final. Um, Miller, first of all, what, what do we think of the super over, and, and then and then perhaps Butch was Bolt the right man to bowl it for for New Zealand? Well, uh, as a as a spectacle, as a, as a way to extend the drama and do it in a fair way it, I thought it was it was perfect I, I it, again going back to those those initial sort of reaction in the press box and obviously all around the ground it's like oh my word it's like it gives you a chance to breathe but it, you know that your, your heart's still racing because we've got to do it all over again and that is incredible it's not like a penalty shootout when you know the the jeopardy and, and the brutality is just off the scale this is a real proper chance to play proper cricket <laughs> albeit um, properish well properish in the circumstances you know what i mean uh, you know you can bowl, you can bowl a good ball you can hit a good shot there's still there's still chance for you to you know stokes his first not quite shot sudden death stokes stokes yeah. doesn't quite hit his first shot but then gets the gets the boundary away you know it's it, it's not as cruel as a as a penalty shooter it's not as cruel as a bowl out either which i i i, I can't imagine how anyone who's who's, who's spent their life try, you know trundling in and trying to just hit the top of off or just hit the edge suddenly expected to hit the middle stump was like no nah, that, that, that would mess my mind <laughs> <laughs> well so you know, the 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 other sort of methods there has been a bowl out of course uh, um in international competition at the I think 2007 World T20 uh, India Pakistan group game. God, there was, wasn't there? And Pakistan, uh, Pakistan missed shock, all three, <laughs> and India hit all three, and that was that was the end of that. Um, you obviously had group position deciding um, Australia going into the final in '99 over over South Africa after that um, tie. Lots drawn was was a, a method, uh, I think, in the playing conditions for. Well, I think we should have done that. that would have been a, <laughs> well, imagine watching that; it would have been amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Quite dramatic, really. Mm, one, yeah. one, Maybe not. Pull one out. Uh, actually, just going back to playing conditions, but I think um, uh, eight two thousand eleven World Cup. I think it was the uh, the, super, the, the super over concept first came in, but it was actually called the one over per side eliminator or the oopsie. The oopsie, yeah, which I think the, the oopsie is <laughs> is the way to be describing it from 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 here on. But um, uh, yeah, Bolt had obviously kept his nerve in the final over, and he pulled out two runouts mm. as well. And despite being hit for six by Stokes, but, Stokes, but then w- was he the right? I mean, England were clearly going to send out Butler and Stokes again. Um, yeah, Bolt I, I, didn't quite hit his. I was, try- I was trying to think who who what the other option might have been. I mean, I. Well, Ferguson had lost the ones that bowled it. Yeah, for, in, for, the for death. some, but then for, Bolt does do it for some reason. Though yeah. it's kind of you know, Nisham, Nisham was um, he got hit? He got hit for the for the the Bolt tread on the, the boundary mm, six, yep. didn't he? Um, and he always struck me as being somebody who was a bit of a safety valve bowler for Kane Williamson. Mm. Um, in the same way that Kane Williamson was, of course. Uh, not Kane Williamson, Colin de, de Grondholm was. Um, because Kane couldn't bowl Mitchell Santner, the, the, the left-arm spinner, was kind of no use to him. So he made his overs up between mm. de Grondholm and, uh, and, and Nisham. So I didn't think he was ever going to be given it. 
Um, the only other one was Lockie Ferguson. He he was strangely off colour, I thought, in the in in the, the World Cup final. You know, he, it was difficult to punish him because it was so difficult to hit the damn ball mm-hmm. on on the deck. But um, <laughs> but so no, Bolt was absolutely the right choice. And then you know, obviously for for England, I thought Archibald. Forget the the, the super over for a second. Um, but he bowled five overs off the reel at the death, one for twenty two. And they couldn't, they couldn't lay a bat on him. Yeah, and he, uh, the, the last ball of the innings, Mitchell Satner ducks it. It's amazing. Right. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> oh, my life. Yeah. He'll be remembering you know, that for a while. If he got something on that, but I, think it was, I think it was a slow bounce. Yeah, so, I mean, so it, for me, again, and the reason, thinking at it, about it from a batsman's point of view... The reason Archer was because because of the pace because he because you weren't able you weren't going to be able to set yourself for quick bouncer slow bouncer York or whatever you know the the the, the, the split second of time that it takes you to kind of figure out what it is that he's done is the split second that can cost you you know being able to, to hit it out of the screws or not and so it just seemed to me that he was the obvious choice despite the fact of course that he was you know the the, the least experienced of, of everybody who could have done it for England yeah and now he um, wasn't in the World Cup squad yeah. <laughs> when and it was it was a long time ago now doesn't it extraordinarily <laughs> though the, the one thing the one thing that I thought that he would do I mean he got he got I think he got stuffed first ball was I thought was perfect. The tram, right line, the tram line absolutely absolutely nailed it right on the John McEnroe would have gone utterly ballistic if he'd have been called <laughs> he'd been called out, That's out um, yeah. for that it was chalk that blue chalk dust it was absolutely perfect Jimmy Neesham actually moved closer to the tram line he, he tried to go outside off stump didn't he to try and access the the short leg side boundary mm. and Dharma saying that without thinking about it just raised his arms and went wide and I said like, wow now now his ticker's really going and the thing thing for me was is that he then decided I can't go wide again and he also, it might have put the wind up in because he didn't try the middle of the pitch until very, very late mm-hmm. on, late yeah, on in the over. The now, I, I, I would have, if I was batting, I would have thought to myself, he's going to go middle of the pitch early in this over here because nobody could hit it in mm-hmm. the, the back end when he, when he bowled it the first time round, albeit he was bowling from the pavilion end, so that was another switch he had to deal with. Um, but staggering, just staggering. I mean, what a... What was he Joffre Damas? We call him now. He's like he's like Trump, but in a good way. There's a tweet for everything. Yeah, you know? yeah. He had um, what, sixteen to win it or something. Uh, was was one of six? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, How um, New Zealand lost this? Yeah. I was reading them. Vish was tweeting all of his retweeting all his old tweets, which were just covering every scenario perfectly. It's just amazing. <laughs> what a, what a kid! He's a brilliant. Phenomenon in in every sense. <laughs> um, and then of course. Two off the last ball needed, and, and New Zealand do need that too because of the boundary count back rule. Yeah. Which, um, well, thank when, goodness they when knew. When did you first hear about that? Well, <laughs> I first heard about it as they were walking down the pavilion steps. Yeah. That was the first time. First time it was mentioned. Presumably, the players knew before that. Um, but well, I mean, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't. They were they were asking Mariah Erasmus as they were walking onto the field just to make sure they didn't know. Um, and the first again, the first I'd seen of it was when the caption came up on the TV. And you kind of read through it and thought, well, yeah, well, that's all self-explanatory. But then there's the, the last bit, the line at the end, um, goes back to boundary count, but not in the, but in, which involves both the super over and what has happened in the match. And that was the bit that kind of like you could have missed quite easily. Mm. Was uh, it actually, you know, what's gone before in the in the hundred overs before that counts in terms of the boundary? And England was so far ahead on that. It was, you know, th- there was nothing New Zealand. Well, if New Zealand would have had to have won to have scored enough boundaries to have overtaken England, so it, yeah. it would have been a moot a moot point. Um, but a, a very a very odd way of deciding who wins. That is for sure. 
England will take it. I think, I think <laughs> I'd be happy. Yeah. I mean, th- th- <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, whatever whatever it was, whatever the permutations, there's absolutely it's clear from that final delivery that the ecstasy of England, the agony for New Zealand, it's clear that no one was any doubt because the worst thing that could possibly happen was they end up tied and then someone says, oh, by the way, didn't we not mention? <laughs> that it's a count back on boundaries, which you know, and it sounds from 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 uh, the stories discussed that, as you as you say, there's a bit of confusion. I think mm. it sounds as though there there wasn't entire clarity about exactly what happened if if we couldn't be separated on. We could have had a, a 2007 final. It could have been. Yeah, it, it was it was quite close to being a farce, and yes, I was there in 2007. My goodness, that was shambolic. Well, uh, I remember being involved in a game 2005 at a full house. At, I think it was at the Oval. 50, uh, a 20 over game Surrey versus Warwickshire I've got my arm in a cast I think so I wasn't playing ended up as a bowl out the, the players at the, the, I think in the end it was decided big big conflab on the field just, you know what what's going on I think Mark Rampakash was captain for Surrey at the time and the umpires had said to him they need three to win don't get three you guys have you guys have won the game you're through I can't remember what the occasion was um, anyhow <laughs> Anyhow, so the ball gets hit out to Ramps himself at, at mid-off. Ramps kind of almost almost walks into it, allows them basically allows them to get two, <laughs> throws the ball in, we celebrate, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's turning to go walk off the pitch. The umpires get together and they go, oh, we've, made, we've stuffed up. <laughs> <laughs> we've stuffed up here. Scores are now tied. Um, and it's going to go to a super rover. <laughs> which Tim, Tim Murder hit two out of two and we won, you know. It was, uh, but even so, that, I mean, that can happen. Yeah. The umpires themselves can, uh, it can allow the, the pressure of the situation to get to them. I mean, one guy who didn't was, was Stokes. I mean, it, it was fascinating. George pulled together the, 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 in their own words of those final overs, all the, all the, all the players that we've been talking to over the last couple of days. And, uh, incredible. I mean, it just goes to show what a, what a, what a closet geek. Ben Stokes must be that in the moments of near World Cup victory his mind was flashing back to Bangladesh versus India in the World T20 in 2016 when they needed one run from three balls and, and kept hitting the ball in the air and, and they all got, and they all got wicked, caught wicked 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 and, wicked, wicked and, and lost <laughs> and it, somehow his brain managed to latch on to you're talking about the last the final ball yeah. where he final where the, the knee high leg knee stump high. full toss that yeah. normally you would have stuck 30 rows back yeah. he, yes. he managed to retain enough composure to think I just got to keep this on the ground I'm not going to risk taking on the, the boundary riders let's just get this get this to a super at the very least get two if we have to and mm. I mean fair play to him for for, for having the wherewithal to, to recognise that this doesn't have to end here. We can, oh, we can be measured. <laughs> we can be measured about this. <laughs> yeah, well, quite, but... Uh. Um, I mean, is there a sense, if, even if it came down to something as, as perhaps arbitrary as boundary count, that kind of this was Stokes's moment, uh, man of the match and, and all that, but also the, the, just the backstory of... Uh, of the World T20 uh, three three years ago, that that final, which his name will forever be associated with, and and the well, the interview he gave to, to George um, about how he he didn't want to be remembered for Bristol, um, no. which and you know is is a couple of years ago now, but it has hung over him in that time, and we've, yeah. we've talked often about how it's maybe affected his game, but I mean this is this probably will do it, won't it? Well, it, it's fascinating <laughs> in in many ways those two very different aspects sort of merged together in in this in this contest because 
the, the Bristol thing, obviously, on one hand, I, the, the payoff line in that interview was, you know, I don't want to be remembered as a guy who had a fight in the street. I want to be remembered as a World Cup winner. And, my God, well, he's, he's done it now. He, <laughs> yep. we, you know, he, I think he said he wanted his, his Crook Info player profile to be rewritten to reflect that, and we, we will honour that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but that was that was one aspect of that. But the other aspect was obviously his his own memory of being hit before sixes and what he did to Joffre Archer after that six midway mm-hmm. through the Super Over. He came up to him, put his arm around his, around his shoulder, which was one thing that didn't happen to Stokes. I was there watching it in, in Calcutta and, you know, even Morgan didn't really go up and, and give him the, the advice he needed. Someone just say, look, mate, just, 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 just go wide. <laughs> don't, don't go, don't aim in his arc. You know, all he needed was someone to say that to him. And he, and he said, said to Archer, look, mate, you will not be defined by what happens now. And, you know, that's a great thing to be able to say as a guy who clearly was mm. being defined by what happened to him in a, in a killer final over. Mm. Um, Butch, you, you mentioned uh, about sort of two forty being a good score and kind of kind of getting a measure of the pitch. What I'm interested in, Miller. What what was the kind of the view at the ground at, at halfway? With obviously uh, a middling score by ODI standards, uh, e- even even by sort of final world final standards. Not I think uh, Australia maybe um, in '96. Uh, the batting first anyway to 241 against Sri Lanka on that occasion that that the, those are sort of the, the what did the, India get to win at Lords well, in 83 um they they were changing 180 180 yeah. didn't yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another belter <laughs> but I mean, you but, know, yeah, the, the sort of there was sort of strange atmosphere towards the end of the New Zealand innings where they couldn't really hit Archer and, and they didn't seem to be trying too hard and and, yeah. and England were maybe thinking, well, this is all right. Well, I think I think that maybe they weren't. As much I think I think I think we'd all been taught a lesson by what happened in in the semi final that, mm. that you know we there was an obvious was, yeah, almost exactly the same obvious sort, sense two, three, that, nine that, in that game. this team know how to calibrate. An innings. Uh, Kane Williamson is, is talking about smarts all the way through the tournament. He's saying that we, we, we know we've got a really good bowling attack. Our primary function as batsmen is to get enough runs on the board to give us a chance to defend them. And that's, you know, when you got, you know, Taylor, Taylor making third, what, 15 from 30. Um, Williamson had his, one of his least fluent knocks, didn't get to 40 for a change, which. Uh, well, look how Joe played. Yeah. Well, Joe, exactly. Seven from 30. And then, <laughs> you know. Well, I think he, uh, he described it after the one worst, of the worst, the worst innings he's ever <laughs> no, no, played in international cricket. Agree, yeah, but I mean, I mean but I'm saying this is what I'm saying to you: the, the, it was Colin so Dugan. so hard to bat on that pitch. Mm. You know, if you if you'd have been if you'd been asked to if you'd have been asked to bat time, right? You had unlimited time, and there was no run rate pressure or anything like that. You you could you could bat on it. You could survive. It wasn't dangerous. It was nothing. You know, there was nothing on that score about it. But in terms of actually having to to play with any form of fluency whatsoever in terms of having to, to keep your brain in into some sort of check thinking to yourself I can't hit the ball in the middle of the bat I can't hit it through the, the infield I'm starting to panic you know that type of you know sinking feeling that you can get as a batsman where you just feel like you're losing your team the game because you can't score fast enough and the run rate's going up it was all there all of that was there which is why I go back to the very beginning and say that, that what Butler and Stokes did to get England level was staggering yeah i mean absolutely uh, staggering india india lost their semi-final by the equivalent of three and a half overs of scoring in that semi-final right that's how difficult it was it was a you know the game it's sort of it might have been a great finish but i still think new zealand were miles ahead they won by 18 runs 
in a you know in a, in a game where the, the scoring rate was four point seven runs and over. New Zealand had it in the bag pretty much all the way through. As far as I, I was sat there watching it with a lot of people, a lot of Kiwis actually were getting very very tense. <laughs> and I was like, "Don't worry, lads, you've got this in the bag." And and I had exactly the same feeling, but on, with the shoe on the other foot, watching the England run chase. I'm just thinking, we, I can't see how we're going to get. Yeah. I, I mean, really cannot. It's, see it's it. an odd, it's an odd choice for wow moments of the final. But in 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 a final, that had so many of them. But the moment that Joe Root basically surrendered uh, had that horrible hack missed mm. even worse hack edged it yeah. it's like oh my god yeah. did i just see that as i like basically root was he essentially essentially he was retired he was act. saying i can't bat, i cannot bat on <laughs> I cannot the do this i can't do it i'm gone josh yeah. you have a go i yeah. can't i can't england's, do this yeah. england's all weather safety though absolutely you know, i mean and that's this is this is why i'm telling you guys that there was, was they were just two of innings of the the highest highest quality yeah. i mean the way that you know roots roots has, has made a made a career of finding gaps getting singles getting to 30 before you even know he's off the mark and i mean butler took over that mantle but like, from the moment he came in he found angles that no one else had found mm. even even Williamson didn't find the, the angles is, in the, the thing is, is that you have to be able to the, the problem that Joe found was that because the ball just would not come at him it would hit the surface and then just you know you didn't know quite how quickly he was going to reach you Joe reti- is, is reliant on a certain degree and having the ball you know having having enough pace on the ball for him then to be able to massage it wherever he wants it to go mm. but as soon as if that gets taken away from you and all of a sudden you require you know what Joss has got which is incredible hand-eye coordination and incredible power he can override it to a certain degree by being slightly unorthodox by still being able to put enough force into his strokes to get it past the infield and on the odd occasion reach the boundary but there aren't many players who can do that. There are, just aren't. Mm. And Ben himself knew that he had to basically just absorb as much pressure as he possibly could and then have a bit of a swipe um, at the end uh, You know, when, the, when there was as much pressure on the opposition as there was on him. And that's kind of, in the end, how they managed to get close. And, and of course, the, the huge ricochet. He's the new Donny. Yeah, but, I was, but you know... <laughs> well, the I old one is... Uh, I well, the old, yeah, the old one's a little bit... I cannot stress bit, enough how, there, <laughs> how incredible... It was to get to get level on that deck. Um, I really can't. Does that sort of? Uh, I'm sure George has got a, a, a real diatribe lined up on this. Um, <laughs> may have even been, you know, had to be held back from. from I think. From I think we. It. I think we were encouraging George. Not now. Not now. Stokes um, is your story tonight. And, and it was, as we've already discussed, one of the most incredible games uh, of any sport of all time. Mm. But um, England had to transcend the pitch to get level. Yes. Uh, and this is a, a final, you know, world uh, world final. Uh, is that is that the sort of pitch that should have been prepared? No. North of the semi-final, north of quite a lot, you know, and the extenuating circumstances. I, I I sort of I probably was not as nuanced and as measured <laughs> as I might have been in, in some of my comments during the the Old Trafford semi-final on, on social media, and for that I apologise. But I still, you know, I still. But imagine, put it this way: if we'd have been watching a World Cup being played in India or somewhere on the subcontinent, and the um, you know the, the board or whatever it was had served up some of the pitches that we saw throughout the World Cup in England. There would have been it would have been all on the abuse would have been th- been flying around and people would have been saying you know this is not good enough it's not proper cricket why do we play it in these you know these places they can't water pit you know whatever it might be right it would have happened because crude, we, because crude reductive because because, <laughs> because because we have seen it over the years you know that that's kind of the the, the attitude that people have and yet it. it 
it was pretty much the norm in this competition, with some notable exceptions. Of course, there were some good pitches. Some good pitches at Edgerston, some good pitches at Old Trafford. Um, the Oval in the early stages, they were pretty good. But even they, by, by the Oval standards, were not quite as, mm. as, as, as yielding um, to, for batting on as, as we've seen. But Because there had been, been a concerted effort to try and to, to bring the bowlers back into the game. And I have no issue with that. You know, that's another another side of the sort of the argument was, oh well, you're a, you're a batsman, all you want to do is see it fly. You know, four hundred every game. No, I don't. I had no interest. The best game of the 2015 World Cup was 120 plays 120. <laughs> you know, I have no issue with that at all. What I have an issue with is people not being able to hit the ball. I don't understand. You know, we've been very fortunate in that the the final on a on a substandard surface produced one of the most extraordinary games. Right? You can't tell me that if if England had made if uh, New Zealand had made three sixty and England needed six to win off the last ball and got it, it would have been any any less exciting than what we saw. You know, it's not there is no there's no perfect number for the perfect <laughs> game of cricket. What you what what's required for the perfect game of cricket is for it to be damn close, for there to be drama. Um, and I still, you know, again, the reason that the game was brilliant was not because of the surface, because the surface made it so. It was because the players were so unbelievably good that they somehow managed to make an incredible piece of entertainment out of something that was substandard. Well, that 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 is that is the I guess the the the, the fundamental point that, given the reputation that this England team had, and given that they're still still trolly comments that they haven't actually won the World Cup, blah de blah given that they have managed to transcend both their own reputation as flat-track bullies and transcend the tournament's reputation for bat-first win the game mm-hmm. to get themselves into a position whereby they've now lifted the trophy. I mean, fair, fair play. That's a, that's, a, that's a round of applause to, mm. to, to, to pull off that. You know, they, 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 they were batting second on, on a pitch that was getting tougher and they, they pulled it off. Um, there was there was a little bit of discussion about whether it was a, a brave decision uh, for Kane Williamson to bat just because it had been raining and all that. But obviously hindsight tells you no, that that, that was exactly the I right plan is to, to get runs on the ball. Were either of you guys at the... It was a brilliant occasion. I spent the most wonderful day catching up with one of my oldest friends, Adam Holyoke. We were doing hospitality at the, the, the New Zealand versus Australia game at Lords. Right? I was there, yeah. Beautiful mm. day, mm. wasn't it? It was, about, yeah. it was probably about 30 degrees. It was, baking, it was absolutely yeah. baking mm. hot. Um, full house, brilliant, brilliant occasion. And we watched Australia get, I think, 90 for five. Somehow, um, Alex Carey managed to dig them out of it. They got 240, 250. And then New Zealand, I think they ended up batting out their 50 overs for 140, right? <laughs> I, I, again, I text the boys at, at the ground yesterday. I sat at home and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, ward. Hussein, what's going on with this deck? This looks like the, the, the one, the New Zealand Australia one to me. <laughs> this is before I made the 240 call, right? I'm trying to decide. Oh no, no, no! It's much firmer and much more solid than that. I'm saying I'm watching what the ball's doing. It doesn't. It's not telling me that. That's not what I'm seeing. Here. Um, and I said, I said, did we? Not you reassuring know, me. Were you guys there? Did you see that game? Oh no! I said, well, this looks like that to me. And and it's, this is again. It goes back to it again. New Zealand could not, could not hit it off the square second time round, chasing on it. Right, and they ended up losing by a hundred, um, chasing two forty, and and England. Managed to get to get level on a deck that played, as far as I could see, exactly the same. Um, you might argue um, that New Zealand didn't deserve to lose, and they technically didn't lose. Well, you'd be absolutely right. <laughs> but, they, but they didn't. They didn't get the rub of the green, or as Morgan sort of put it afterwards, that Allah was with them. Adil uh, <laughs> uh, had put Adil Rashid had uh, told him, and uh, Jar. 
Jawas there as well. <laughs> all of all of them, uh, the, the soul cake duck. They're all all looking down <laughs> on England. Um, uh, there were. I mean, we, we won't dwell on this, but the umpiring again, aside from the, the, the Stokes bat, the bat of God, as some uh, have called it already. Um, there were a couple of, of, of dodgy decisions which the DRS fixed early on, but Ross Taylor obviously given out um, when by, by one that would have gone over top. I think that was Murray Erasmus. It was um, Erasmus. To be fair, he, he absolutely nailed the first decision mm. of of the of the tournament. Mm, the the yes. caught behind off of Guptill's thigh. Mm. Uh, you know the the emotion that first over that first wicket of the World Cup final. I mean the the um, umpires will feel it as much as mm. the players. You don't want to get it wrong, and he did. Who was it that burnt New Zealand's review? It was Guptill. Guptill burnt that's right. Yeah. That, was, that was a shocker. That was a shocker. That was a shocker. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that, that was that was because it was Darmasino who, 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 who stuck up his finger, and 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 there was just serious doubt about <laughs> whether he was he was on 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 whether ha- whether ha- having was, having given out nickels. Uh, yeah. uh, one that was going over and Nichols went on to top score I mean, exactly. having correctly utilised and, and you, can, you can also look at sort of England's reply now England got off at, got off at sixes maybe six and a half so Johnny and, um, and, and Jason mm, amazing I mean incredibly how, how they managed it but that was you know that was a period of time where, where, yeah, where, where the lacquer kind of where the lacquer is still on the ball it just comes at you that little bit better and you can kind of squirt it through the infield and, and get it away so you know Jason was out first ball I mean I was kind of sitting yeah. again sat there on That's my the sofa I just went didn't go and I just way. went <laughs> Oh, you know, it hit him below. It just, it was one of those ones. It swung back in. And again, on a normal surface, it might have, it might have just kicked, you know, that lovely little sort of glidey bounce and kind of hit him a little bit higher up. And you think, well, it's probably going to miss the top corner of, you know, leg stump and the, and the bail and whatever. Mm. But it just went like that and hit him <laughs> in the middle, in the middle of the shin. I was like, oh, that's just, that's just out. That's, just, I'm sitting there going, no, it's happened again. Left armor against England at Lords. And, uh, Murray, you know, shook his head. And, uh, umpire's call came out and he could so, so, I, I, I mean, again, I don't understand how he didn't raise his finger. He so easily could have raised his finger and England are not for one. You know, the start doesn't happen because Joe then walks out to the crease and Joe <laughs> can't edit off the square. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so th- that 30 that Johnny and, uh, and Jason got in the first place, how they did it, I don't know. I mean, it was zagging all over the place. They were nicking it. They were missing it. It was bouncing over the top of the stumps, all that kind of stuff. That start, imagine they hadn't got that start. They'd have been fifteen twenty short, <laughs> easy. Mm. Yep, yep. That's uh, again rubber the green and yeah. all that. Yeah. Um, but you needed it. I don't. I don't. I don't see how you could have chased two forty on that deck against that bowling attack, that captain, those fielders, without getting an enormous slice. I really don't. Um, someone who, who um, I guess, well, made his own luck throughout. And, and just a word, Miller, for. Um, Liam Plunkett, who uh, <laughs> uh, they're, they're evoking, uh, I think, uh, Derek Pringle, uh, three for 22 in 92, and, and Plunkett overtook him as the oldest man to take three or more wickets in a World Cup final. Mm. Didn't match him for, quite match him for economy, but um, the cross-seamer might be the kind of uh, alternative autobiography title for Jimmy <laughs> Anderson, but for, <laughs> for Liam Plunkett, <laughs> for, for Liam Plunkett, uh, uh, yeah, that, that was the ball of the World Cup. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what what a, what a story he's had. I mean, you know, there he was in the 2007 World. He was at the 2007 World Cup. It's just <laughs> it's just madness. I mean, it, it, you know, he's one of many uh, England players who could have been who could have been lost for 
a generation. He was part of him and Anderson, in fact, the two great survivors of the of the early years of Loughborough when they were just obsessed with tinkering and wrecking perfectly functional actions to try and try and safeguard their backs and what have you. And Anderson shook it off and said, "No, nope, I bowled my way and came back to become a legend." Plunkett took a lot longer to do that. I mean, he went through the mill. I remember watching him in a Test match at. Old Trafford in it was in 2007 actually against West Indies uh, at the same time that, that Steve Harmson was going completely haywire with his radar and it was a it was a game actually uh, had um, Alan Donald came out midway through the match and uh, caused a bit of a stink because he had his two steam his two seamers practicing on the square midway through the match uh, which you're not really meant to do mm. but it was clear that these guys just didn't know what they were doing there there was it was the blind leading the blind in that attack and England were a, England were a shambles and Plunkett took himself away changed counties the story of you know the story is uh, is well known but it bears repeating that he's come back from all that and is now a world cup winner um and i'm i'm so chuffed for him he's uh he's a he's a he's a great great bloke and that cross seam attribute the the the, the, the defensive seamer i mean oz wrote a great piece about about the, the, it's kind of anti anti-fast bowling he's got absolutely no ego about banging it in short wide getting people caught at deep deep points and, and deep points and, and, and deep wicket and what have you and, and look he, he um, I thought he was I thought he was struggling I thought he'd make the 15 but I thought he was struggling that, that you know, little did we know that Archer would end up taking the new ball with Chris Wokes I think we all thought that Archer would play didn't know quite how or what his role might mm. be um, so I, I I wondered whether or not you know given the way that he'd been going um, given his age and all the other types of thing, whether or not that he might sort of find himself on the outside in, in the squad, but out of the eleven, um, you know, with, with Joffre Archer being brought in, uh, he apparently also felt similarly because he he, he was he went and said, listen, this, he was trying to figure out what it was with his action. He just hadn't didn't have any snap. The ball wasn't coming out with anything on it, and he discovered something in the sort of early part of the season at the Oval and kind of you know and came back to be the England's sort of most useful. MVP of the middle overs, yeah, you know, the, he is the, the, the MVP of the, of the middle overs, and thank taker. goodness, and thank goodness he did. Um, and you're right, it is a terrific story. I mean, he's a, he's a really, really lovely bloke, and he's been through the mill sort of personally as well. He's done that sort, you know, that whole journey of sort of discovery, undiscovery, and then oh, whoopsie, I, I, I really ought not to have discovered that, and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, you know, and, and and has come through it all. It's a, a brilliant story of redemption, and there are there are there's more than one of them in that in that squad. Yeah, there's uh, too much for us uh, to get into even. But um, before we do wrap up, um, the tournament as a whole, obviously England's uh, success will, will colour our perspective to a degree and the victors' right history and all, and all that. But, I mean, touched on pitches, there was that lovely rainy period. Um, how, how enjoyable, how much of a success was the tournament as a whole, do you think? That's a very, very big question. <laughs> um, I think it was as successful as in England could ever have dreamed. And by England, I actually mean the ECB. Um, well, and that's, and, uh, that's where we're, we're going. As I, as I wrote, as I wrote my, my, my piece uh, uh, after, after the match, it was, it was basically this, this dual narrative that we've, we've had to deal with. And, well, we... Owen Morgan and his team have had to deal with this dual narrative, and I, and I, so again, the the pressure that they have been on to be the the success story that English cricket needs to give itself the leg up it requires to get to the next level to reinvigorate a sport that is 
dying. Let's face it. Let's not let's not be too drastic about it. Their participation levels are dipping off. We need we needed this to just make sure that there is a there is another chance to be great. <clears throat> and this team have have nailed it. And the ECB have got so jammy with the greatest <laughs> final on free to air television mm-hmm. with uh, England winning it and the country going nuts for it in a way that I think surprised people I mean it, you know the ECB have not gone for the bus open top bus ride I think they were worried about comparisons with 2005 and, mm. and would, would there be 10% of the people turning out because only 10% of the, of the people who watched the 2005 Ashes now tune in regularly to cricket I don't know. I think maybe maybe they should they should have had the bus ride after all because I, I think there are far far more people have cared about this than I think they get, they get the women's team on there as well. Exactly, you know, yeah. dual, dual world yeah, champion. Done it before. Um, it's a. Uh it, it, this, it wasn't the, the tournament that was advertised in many ways. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't even close. No, because you know the the the, the scoring rates were, were were a lot lower. That yes, there were, there were some there were some incredible games, some some tension. There was you know that, that horrific the weather in the middle, which kind of which scuppered everything for everybody, including the groundsman. There you go, lads, bone for you. <laughs> um, but no, no, it made everything very very difficult, and it kind of we all knew that it was going to be a slog because the seven week sort of period is just kind of like wow. You, 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 you really do need a tournament to be out of this world to kind of to keep people's attention for that length of time. Um, and you know, England, England played it, played their part, our part by uh, by losing to Sri Lanka and keeping the whole thing alive <laughs> for the last two weeks. I mean, if that wasn't great hosting, I don't know what was. Um, and you, I, I think you went, you ended up with with the sort of t- tournament that perhaps. You lose the weather in the middle, and perhaps people would would think back more fondly of it. But now it actually really doesn't matter, because the final overrides absolutely everything. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely everything. There is it doesn't matter what happened before. The last what, three games, in fact, were all yeah. I mean, you know, it, you had Zealand knocking out. I, um, I said to I said to some India. people on the Saturday night before the final. I was you know, people were asking me what you know how do you how do you see it going tomorrow? I said right. I said <laughs> I said we get a, we get a flat one at Lords. We pulverise them. We are we are on a on a decent track. We are so much better than everybody else in the tournament. And I, I mean that unequivocally. I don't have a I don't have it's particularly given what England had done in the in the in the matches that they had to win in the lead up. So if they got their mojo going, they're confident, they're swaggering, they will pulverise New Zealand on a good deck. I said, however, <laughs> if we get something like they had at Old Trafford or we get something like the New Zealand-Australia game at Lords the last time I was there to watch a game, then all bets are off. This New Zealand side could turn us over, no problem. And in the end, we got the best of all worlds. We got the closest final that has ever been. Um, no Rizzler paper rig is, is, is thin enough to, <laughs> to separate the two sides. You got the most incredible um, atmosphere at Lords and around the country. Um, it's been shown on Channel Four. Sky did you know, you know the great thing in, in making sure that that deal happened and it went out there. And the game has got its chance. I was listening to. I was listening to something um, from the 99 World Cup. I made sure that I was, was doing a little bit of research into what happened 20 years ago the last time. And I was listening to a bulletin, news bulletin, at the back end after England had been knocked out, right? And da-da-da, doom and gloom. And I think the payoff line was something from the reporter was something along the lines of, um, and, this, and this game, which used to be our summer national sport, disappears even further into, into obscurity, um, along with the England team out of the competition, right? And so in 1999... 
when the game was still on free to red free to red television, when it was still very much considered to be our national sport before the football season had enclosed it even even further as it as it has now, they were saying that the game was dead, people weren't interested, um, and that there was no you know virtually no future in it. Well, you know, six years later, you had the two thousand five Ashes. Fourteen years later, you get this one. People have been writing the game off and saying that it's hopeless and there's no future forever. That's how the Ashes came about in the first place, right? Um, the old birds yes, got some yeah, life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was cremated. Didn't the, it? <laughs> the old birds got 80, some life uh, in it. 82. Got some life in it yet? Yeah, do not worry. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'm, I like that note, that positive note to end on. Um, and speaking of the ashes, we've got, we've got the ashes to come, Miller, just, just to briefly look at. Will this finally dispel the myth that England cares more about winning them than, than the World Cup? I, I can't even <laughs> begin to try to get my head around the ashes ask, yet. Ask, ask us in a week. Ask it's too, week. Week. <laughs> it's too, too soon, too soon. <laughs> Yeah, that, well, that's fair enough. Um, that's, that's pretty much, uh, w- what, what I needed to hear. Um, there we go. World Cup tick. England have finally got hold of one, and, uh, cricket's problems in this country will now surely all be solved. Uh, although, presumably, Test cricket has been shoved a little f- further along its mortal coil, uh, now too, so. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's the Test game that we'll, we'll be turning our attention to, uh, once the headaches wear off, with England taking on Ireland next week, um, as their prelude to the Ashes, nearly days away, gentlemen. Uh, after the Champagne <laughs> Super Overs, uh, Lords will once again be an oasis of calm. Uh, don't worry, we'll be back to roll with it. My thanks to Butcher Miller <laughs> and the rest of you for tuning in to the uh, World Cup winning Switch It podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com. <laughs> <laughs>